Good morning, everyone. When I started to review anti-war poems, what struck me was the link between music, poetry, which is very strong. And therefore, what I will try to do today is we'll introduce now Francis Ledwidge. And Francis Ledwidge as a poet is known by quite a number of people. He wrote an enormous amount against war and the futility of it. And on one occasion he said, Oh, what a pleasant world it would be, and how easy it would be to step out of it if all the fools who meant no harm could manage not to do it. Francis Ledwidge, a very well-known poet and respected in Ireland, was born in Slane, County Meath, in 1887. He was attracted to uh, war and died in action in 1917. Of himself he said, I mean to do something great if I am spared, but he wasn't spared and killed in action in 1917, as I said. Now the poem that I'm going to read of uh, uh, Francis Ledwidge is A Soldier's Grave. Then in the lull of midnight, gentle arms lifted him slowly down the slopes of death, lest he should hear again the mad alarms of battle, dying moans and p painful breath. And where the earth was soft for flowers, we made a grave for him that he might better rest. So spring shall come and leave its sweet raid and there the lark shall turn her dewy nest. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. Where have all the flowers gone? Young girls pick them, every one. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? Long time. Everyone 
Even though Wilfred Owen lived a short life, he was born in 1893 and he died in battle in 1918 in France. He took the title of his poem from Horace, who had proclaimed Dulce et decorum est, which means it's sweet and fitting to die for one's country. Owen argued that there is little glory in the deaths of young men dying on the Western Front. 
So the poem Dulce Decorumest Bent double like old beggars under sacks Knock-kneed, coughing like hags We cursed through sludge Till on the haunting flares we turned our backs And toward our decent rest began to trudge Men marched asleep Many had lost their boots But limped on, bloodshod All went lame, all blind Drunk with fatigue Deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas, gas, quick boys. An ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering, like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea I see him drowning. In all my dreams before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you two could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face, like a devil sick of sin. If you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth corrupted lungs. Obscene as cancer, bitter as the cud, of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie. Dulce et est pro patria moro. It is a good thing for those who die for one's country. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sun? Yes, and how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Yes, and how many years must a mountain exist before it is washed to the sea? And how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? Yes, and how many times can a man in his head and pretend that he just doesn't see the answer my friend is blown in the wind the answer is blown in the wind yes and how many
many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? And how many ears must one man have before he can hear people cry? Yes, and how many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Michael Longley has written beautifully about boy soldiers, wherever they come from. Michael Longley was a twin. He was born in 1939 and still lives and he was awarded the CBE for his work in poetry. So the, sol the boy soldier that he wrote about, it was uh, inspired by an account of the death of a World War I teenage soldier, Bobby Kernahan from Belfast. And he says that the images of young soldiers killed in war, their tender necks pierced, and armour clattering, linked this beautiful death of an Irish boy to ancient Greeks and to child soldiers in Africa today. And there's a tenderness about his description as well. So Boy Soldier by Michael Longley. The spear point pierces his tender neck. His armour clatters as he hits the ground. Blood soaks his hair, bonny as the graces. Braids held in place by gold and silver bands. Think of a small holder who rears a sapling in a beauty spot. A burn bubbles through. You can hear its music close to your home. Milky blossoms quivering in the breeze. A spring blizzard blows in from nowhere and uproots it, laying its branches out. Thus, Euphorbus, the son of Pantheus, a boy soldier, the London Scottish say, the Inish killings, the Duke of Wellington's was killed and despoiled by Menelaus. <laughs> He's five foot two and he's six foot four and he fights with missiles and with spears. He's all of thirty-one and he's only seventeen, been a soldier for a thousand years. He's a Christian, he's a Hindu, he's an atheist, he's a Jain, he's a Buddhist, he's a Muslim, he's a Jew. He shouldn't kill, but he knows he always will Kill you for me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for Canada, and he's fighting for France And he's fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the USA 
fighting for the Russians and he's fighting for Japan and he thinks we'll put an end to war this way and he's fighting for democracy and he's fighting for the Reds and he says it's for peace for all but it's he who must decide who's to live and who's to die but he never sees the writing on the wall for without him how could Hitler have condemned them at Dachau and without him Caesar would have walked along he's the one who gives his body as a weapon in the war and without him all this killing can't go on he's the universal soldier and he really to blame. His orders come from far away no more. They come from him and you and me. And brother, can't you see? This is not the way we'll put an end to war. This poem is by Yeats, William Butler Yeats. And in the poem, the airman speaks his words where he foresees his own death. And Yeats is profoundly influenced by this since he was friendly with Robert Gregory and his mother, Lady Gregory. So the poem, an Irish airman foresees his death. I know that I shall meet my fate somewhere among the clouds above. Those that I fight, I do not hate. Those that I guard, I do not love. My country is Kiltartan Cross. My countrymen, Kiltartan's poor. No likely end could bring them loss or leave them happier than before. Nor law, nor duty bade me fight. Nor public men, nor cheering crowds. A lonely impulse of delight drove to this tumult in the clouds. I balanced all brought all to mind, the years to come seemed a waste of breath, a waste of breath, the years behind, in balance with this life, this death.
Well, that ends a very enjoyable session today with the Druidy Druids. And I would like to say thank you very much indeed to Wendy for the singing and to uh, Thomas, Francis and Dave for the music and the production. So it's goodbye from us.